The Law Society of New South Wales has appointed Ewan woman Sonia Stewart to lead its organisation, which represents over 35,000 solicitors across the state. Sonia is the first woman and first Indigenous person to take on the role with the Law Society. Her appointment comes at a crucial time with Indigenous social justice issues now firmly back in the public consciousness. Sonia's career has so far seen her work across state and Commonwealth governments, including as Deputy Secretary within the New South Wales Department of Premier and Cabinet. She also has extensive experience in the legal profession and not-for-profit sector. So what does she hope to achieve in her new role? To find out, Sonia joins me now. Sonia, welcome to Speaking Out. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks very much, Sarissa, and thanks for having me. Well, since it's the first time we've had you on, I wondered if you could share with us what shaped your worldview growing up. Yeah, of course. I said family really shaped my worldview um, when I was growing up and particularly, you know, a belief uh, in, in me and that I could be whatever I wanted to be um, if I worked really hard and their aspirations for me. So that really shaped me growing up. And why did you decide to study law? So, um, yeah, nobody had really gone to uni in my family and I thought about what I really liked doing and I liked helping people and solving problems. And so uh, I thought about the law and I also did accounting. I like numbers. And I also picked it uh, because it was really hard. As you know yourself, you had to work really hard and get some um, good marks. So they're the reasons why I chose law. And you worked for ATSIC early in your career, which was quite an important organisation for people of our generation, getting a start into the public service and our professional lives. And I was just wondering if you could share with us what that period was like and what you learnt from it. Yeah, it was an amazing, not only period of my life, but I think in terms of, um, you know, for, for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people across our country, I learned so much. It was the first sort of real job that I had when I finished law school and finished university. I think when I reflect on it, Larissa, there was really two things that I learned. One of them is around the importance of self-determination for our people. And the other thing is around doing things with legacy and impact. Yeah, I've got a little yarn about that if if you want me to go into it, but they're the real things I learned about how to work in complex organisations, working with your people, for your people, but the importance of self-determination, how to use power and how to have impact. Well, I think we'd like to hear the little yarn. (laughs) Um, So I got to work with, you know, so many amazing people at at SIC and, you know, these were people, um, you know, we always say, don't we, Larissa, that we stand on the shoulders of those that went before us and these were the people who did that across Australia and in their communities. But one in particular had huge influence on me was Commissioner Steve Gordon who would often call me from uh, the mission out at the Warrena. And he would say to me, what are you doing for our people today, my girl? And when he thought that I wasn't doing enough, he would talk to me about what was happening. He would call it Dodge at the Mish, and he would uh, explain to me in, in some detail what he thought I should be doing. And I was in the city here in Sydney, and he would say, you know, you're that princess in the tower. What are you doing for our people today, my girl? And, and that really inspired me and challenged me to think about you know, with the intellect we all have and with the care that we have and with the things that we have at our disposal, how can we have impact and legacy and and being held to account 800 kilometres away by a very uh, respected Aboriginal man uh, really kept me on the straight and narrow at that thick as did many other people. 
He was a great character, known for his very bright suits. Absolutely. You could always spot him at an ADOC ball or any event. He was always the best-dressed man and um, miss him dearly and acknowledge any members of his family that might be listening. And, of course, that set you up in a way, that mindset for quite a long career in the New South Wales Public Service. When you look back now in the many roles you've had and the many things you achieved while you were there, what are some of the highlights for you, Sonia? I, I had a really amazing career in government. I worked in government for some 30 years, including at the state government. And, um, you know, for me, I got to work on all of the levers, whether that was policy or program or regulation, in terms of, you know, the absolute highlights, I think it's working with people when they reach their potential, whatever that potential might be, and, and learning from them and coaching and mentoring them. Uh, but I've also done some amazing things, things that are really highly visible. And I uh, walked past the War Memorial Hyde Park. I was responsible for overseeing its construction. You know, I walked down Martin Place here in Sydney and see the memorial to the Lynch siege victims, people who lost their lives uh, in that tragedy. And, you know, I I led a team and worked with the families on that sort of memorial. The things like Australia Day, where 60 million people around uh, around the world look at our country and how uh, we're working together, you know, between First Peoples and and Australians on Australia Day to Invictus Games. Then I've done things that are less visible, like piloting family violence, legal service to women, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander women. And they might be less visible to people, but they have a very long legacy and impact. And then things that aren't really visible at all and, and working behind the scenes, you know, learning from people, working with people. So I've had, I've done some um, amazing things and, and I've learned a lot from people and, I, and, you know, I've had a really interesting career and I'm very grateful for it. You have already achieved so much, but clearly you're up for another challenge. What made you want to take on the role of CEO of the Law Society? Yes, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so I'm CEO of the Law Society here at New South Wales and, the thing that really resonated with me, Director, was when I looked at um, what is the vision of this organisation and it's around leading the profession, serving the members and ensuring a just legal system. And it's only, you know, week five for me, but when I started, I had some sorry business and, you know, my country down the coast, um, shout out to all the you in Malta might be listening, you know, was, was burning. And then around Black Lives Matter and this resonated around the rule of law. And if people go and have a look at that, there's so much important tenets to our society, not just, you know, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander society, but broader society about the rule of law. So those values and that vision about ensuring a just legal system and leading a profession that's so honourable to do that really resonated with me and, and that's why I wanted to take up the role. What are some of the challenges you see facing the legal profession at the moment? So we're a really diverse profession here in New South Wales and I think that diversity also... Um, you know, reflects Larissa across the whole of Australia. So you have people, and we have 36,000 members, you have people that are in relatively small or medium practices, you have in-house counsel, you have people who work in fairly large corporations and work in government and everything in between. So I'm really listening at the moment to our members and what challenges they're facing. Like members of a whole lot of organisations in society, it's around COVID-19 and not only the physical and, and, and mental challenges that that presents on an individual basis, but also huge service systems about witnessing of documents, about the way that the court works, the way that they can serve as clients. You know, lawyers tend to like to help people and solve problems. So what is the role of the profession in the economic revival of our country? And then on a very individual level, you know, I think there's a challenge that's facing, facing this profession, which is more prone 
to uh, you know being anxious and worried and depression around their own mental health and well-being. So they're the things that I'm listening to at the moment and how our organisation, working with the council, can um, assist them in this time. One thing I'm sure you've reflected on a lot is that when you and I went through law school, you could count Indigenous lawyers on both hands, but now, of course, there's a plethora of us around and more and more coming through. From your perspective, Sonia, what has the impact been of having greater representation of Indigenous people in the legal profession been? Yeah, I think it's had enormous impact and I think there's so much more potential and Larissa, you know, I really wanted to acknowledge that time we spent together at, um, at university and, you know, along with your brother, um, Jason and, and Terry Janke and others that went through that law school. And there was only a few of us there and we could sit in the lounge room at the then Aboriginal Student Centre at High Street uh, if we so chose and when we, when we were able to catch up. But, um, you know, I'm really mindful that we need more, more of us. And at the moment, I think last time there was a sort of survey done, there was 520 Indigenous lawyers across Australia. So that's less than 1% of the whole of Australia's legal profession. And when, or you'd be aware that we're a little bit under 3% of the, of the Australian population in, in terms of numbers. So getting that representation up, um, I think is really important. And there's so much evidence not just in this profession but in others, about the importance of diversity inclusion and, and having people who understand systems, particularly, as you would be aware, the very um, unfortunate and unacceptable levels that our people find themselves in the criminal justice system as well as being victims of crime. So, you know, I think there's so much enormous potential and, you know, I'm really, you know, looking forward to talking to you and, and others like Tony McAvoy in this space about what can we be doing to encourage more people in the profession. I was going to ask you that because, you know, we have a lot of our mob listen to the show and I was wondering if there is somebody out there who's thinking about um, studying law and not just our young people because a lot of our our older community members go back and study because they didn't get the chance to do it earlier on in their lives. What's your advice to them? Absolutely go for it. I, I think it's an amazing degree, a law degree, and um, by the time you've um, got to that point, you've already done a hell of a lot of hard work, hard work to get there to back yourself in this and use supports around you. But the ability to analyse and synthesise information, to negotiate, to present, to see things from a system point of view and then really care about a client is so empowering. So I think back yourself, I would say join membership organisations such as the New South Wales Law Society. I think that's really important and not just because you're a member of a professional body, but also um, because of, you know, you can be involved in a whole range of things around mentoring and, and policy committees and I just encourage so many people to do it, to seek the support they need and and to, um, you know, make the most of it because to get to that point, as you said, people have gone through a lot of hard yards, Larissa, and, um, you know, just making the most of it and thinking about your own leadership shadow and the impact that you can have in this degree, I think is really powerful. Now, you've got the new job, and I, I know you'll just be amazing at it, but I also just wanted to check in with you about another very important role that you have, because you're also the chair of the Gove Foundation, and I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that organisation and the good work that it does. Absolutely, and even when you're asking me about talking about this, that puts a big uh, smile on my face as just working as a CEO of the Law Society. So um, many years ago, in fact, it was probably around 10 years ago, Adam Goods and Michael O'Loughlin set up this foundation with a friend of theirs called James Gallison. And what they really wanted to do was improve educational outcomes for our people. And Michael and Adam, our people would know, had an amazing 
um, career in the AFL for the mighty Sydney Swans. And I'm just so proud of them, uh, Larissa, in terms of, you know, we only have probably two things we really own in terms of our brand and how we use our time. And they have chosen this to do this for young people. Uh, the other thing that I'm really proud of is that it's not just educational scholarship and funding. It's also, um, you know, what, what's the conditions for their success? So what are things that we could be doing in terms of mentoring people, um, you know, supporting them and, and providing them to access to amazing partners we have in our ecosystem. And then, you know, finally, I would say, you know, the focus on women, Larissa, like, you know, Adam and Michael were brought up by very strong uh, women and uh, ensuring that the majority of our scholarships that we provide and support, we provide it to young girls. So if anybody's listening, Larissa, um, who might know a niece or a nephew or a son or a daughter or a brother or a sister, we're actually open at the moment in terms of our scholarships. Uh, and until the 22nd of October and really encourage people to go on the Go Foundation website. We're up to 532 scholarships and counting and it's a great organisation to chair and a great, great board. Well, just finally tonight, it's clear you love a challenge and what most people would find a fairly stressful job and you've got a really full plate between the CEO position and chair of the Go Foundation and all the other things you fit in. Can you share with us what your strategies are for looking after your well-being? So I always try to just have, a, I don't call it a like a, a work-life balance, I call it a seesaw, so being mindful of where I am on the seesaw. I'm having a very good, loving relationship at home and uh, who is the CEO of the house, is, uh, and you would know that person I'm talking about, being kind to myself and having really good friends around me and being kind to myself, having that support around me at home and having people like you in my life and our friendship group is really important to me. So I wanted to acknowledge that too. Oh, Sonia, thank you so much. And thank you for being with Speaking Out. Sonia, we're wishing you all the best for your new role and thanks for dropping by Speaking Out this evening. No worries. Thanks, Larissa. See you soon. Sonia Stewart is the newly appointed CEO of the Law Society of New South Wales.